0: And uh, if you are online with us today and now you're in the room with us, uh, I want you to take your Bibles out and I'm going to going to continue on a a new sermon series that I've started. Uh, And it really is. It's it's recovering our wonder. And so last week, uh, if you were here, you know, we had some uh, software and camera issues and we thank you for your, your patient endurance. We had to have a, a laptop over here. We had to have a, uh, an iPhone over there. And I know the angle wasn't right. And we're continuing, you know, we're doing our best. And we're, we're I think the churches are doing pretty good, being nimble, moving along, you know, and uh, we do miss all of you. We miss having you here. I'm glad there are those that are here this morning. But I want you to turn to to Luke. If I said Mark, I'm sorry, that was uh, to communion. But if you would turn to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 7, verses 18 through 23, Luke chapter 7. And so really the title of the message and to get you here is what story are you listening to? And uh, if you look at Luke chapter 7, verses 18 through 23, it's on the slide here. Uh, But I'm going to read it to you. But first, I'm going to pray. Father, in Jesus name, thank you that you are the living word, Lord God. Jesus, you came to give us life and you set us free. And so this morning, as we hear the word and as I present the word, I humble myself. I only want to be a vessel that speaks only what you want to give to those online and those that are in this room today. And so, Father, I pray that your word comes alive to us and that we would realize again that there you are the God of all wonder. And we would regain that wonder in you, God. We praise you. We worship you and thank you. And Jesus, can we pray? Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 7, verses 18 through 23. And so what's happening here is, so if, if you've read this, and I was reading this week, um, the centurion has a, a, his one of his employees, his his favorite one, or it says one of his best ones, uh, he's really sick. So he, he, he meets with Jesus, says, listen, Jesus, can you heal my my employee, my servant? You know, that's the word back then. And Jesus says, uh, OK, I'll do it. And he, he says, you don't need to come, Jesus. You just need to say the word and my, my, my employee will be healed. So Jesus says, wow. What great faith he heals his servant without even going. And then a, a widow, her son uh, passes away and, and Jesus sees it. he's heartbroken. He says, don't cry. And he, he resurrects this son back to life. And so these this, these wonderful things are happening. And then we pick it up in Luke chapter seven, verse 18. John's disciples told him all about these things. So the centurions employee being healed and the widow's son being raised to back to life told them all these things calling two of them verse 19 he sent them to to the lord to ask listen to this this you 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 and i would be shocked if we we said this. this is are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else when the men came to jesus they said john the baptist sent us to ask you are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else at that very at that very time jesus cured many who had diseases sicknesses and evil spirits And gave sight to many who were blind. So here is that these disciples come. He's actually doing the miraculous. He's healing. He's doing all this stuff. And they're asking him, are you the Messiah or is someone else going to come? And then verse 22, he says, so he replied to the messengers, go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised. The good news is proclaimed to the poor, blessed blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me and you see what happened is we we got to get this is John the Baptist i mean he was the cousin of jesus he knew who Jesus was. He, when, when Jesus and, and him were in their mother's wombs, he, the Holy Spirit, he, he recognized that it was Jesus. He, he flipped in his mother's womb. Uh, they grew up together. When Jesus comes uh, and he, he recognizes Jesus from a distance, John the Baptist is baptizing people to repentance. He sees Jesus. He says, behold, the Lamb of God the one who's going to take away the sins of the world, And he baptizes Jesus. And when Jesus comes out of the water, of course, you know, uh, God says, this is my son who I'm well pleased. So, so he sees this. But what's happening is now John the Baptist continues to preach the gospel. He's going out and now he's facing persecution by the religious people and by, by King Herod. And then he is uh, then he is taken. He's taken captive. He's in And so now he's beginning to hear this. He's beginning to hear stories in his mind. Is this really Jesus? Is this really worth it? I'm kind of just playing a little off on that. But now he begins to hear this. Whenever you're in captivity, whenever you're uh, in bondage, you begin to make things up in your mind, true or false. And so now he's beginning to wonder, is this going on? What is this? His disciples come to him, say, hey, man, Jesus is doing this stuff. And he's like, is that really? Is this really the story? Is, Is this really Jesus? So so now with that in mind, okay, think about this. What story are you and I listening to? See, this question can be applied to us today. Many aspects of life, work, government, faith, uh, history, the nations of the world. This week, and, and I'm not trying to be political, and I, and I don't care where you stand politically. Uh, I'm just telling you what I saw and what I, what I witnessed, just like you. This week, we saw the effects of a violent, failed coup attempt here in the United States. A group of devotees to, to, to President Trump, not all of them, but this group of devotees, Listen to his continual and unfounded cries of of a rigged election that those who believed him should stand up for and should not settle for that. And so he, President Trump, got some people riled up and they went and they tried a coup, which was against the Constitution. This, this Democratic Republic was shaken this week. And I don't care where you stand. I don't care. It was just not right. And tragically, some lives were lost. And people now are, are questioning, how can they call themselves Christians? How can, they, how can they vote Democrat? How can they vote Republican? How can they, how can they this and how can they that? And, and the reality is, my question is, what stories are we listening to? Who are we listening to? Why are we listening to it? You see, tragically, the, those who, who got all riled up, they were listening to a story. Well, Pastor Stan, you don't know all the truth. I don't, but nor do you I. You see, we're finding that and this is happening. This has been happening since the beginning of time. We're finding that if we continue to listen to voices outside of God's voice and we don't check those voices, we can become puppets or slaves or we can begin to listen. Look at John the Baptist. He knew Jesus. He knew he saw what Jesus did. He hears what Jesus does. And he begins to listen to a different story while he's in prison. He says, is this really the same Jesus? And some of you are wondering, is this really the same Jesus that we're serving? And quick the short answer is yes. Yes. You see, John the Baptist began to lose his wonder in God. His hard circumstances. I mean, I can't imagine being imprisoned for my faith. And then, of course, we know the rest of the story. He's beheaded. But he begins to doubt Jesus. What about us? What stories are we listening to? Who are we believing? What messages are we taking in? Are they really the truth? Are they feeding us life? Has the news media, has social media, has politicians, has our echo chambers, has pastors, have teachers, have, have spouses, have, have people around us made us lose our wonder for God. And you see, church, is time for us as believers to rediscover our wonder in God. You see, the Pentecostal church was birthed because churches were just becoming nominal. And there was a group of people saying, we, we want to get back to the God of wonder. And the Holy Spirit was poured out again, again in the early 1900s And the charismatic and the Pentecostal churches grew. And even now, charismatic and Pentecostal groups were beginning to follow political leaders instead of going back saying, who is Jesus? Who is this Jesus? You see... At one time, Pentecostal churches, we were known as the the weird church across the tracks because we speak in tongues. We lay hands on people. We see the miraculous. Now we're trusting the government for the miraculous. What story are we listening to? Have we lost our faith in God? You see, it's easy because now we're so many messages. So my question for us is this. Are we going to listen to the stories of God? Are we going to listen to the stories of the world or even the stories that we ourselves build in our mind? Are you ready to rediscover the wonder of God? Online, in this room, Pastor Stan, am I ready to rediscover the wonder of God? The first thing, number one, if you're taking notes or you're following along, is the birth of possibility. The birth of possibility. See, again, the first thing is this. We need to rediscover or recover our wonder. Think about this. All of us were made in the image of God. Every man, every woman, every person, regardless of the race, regardless of their politics, regardless of, of, of their faith or not. We were all created in the image of God. So you are wonderful. Just say, I am wonderful. Come on, I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful because God made me. That case. You know, Tell me what to do, Pastor. I'm not. I'm just I'm asking you do not have to do what I do. But you see, as followers of Jesus, it's easier for us to grasp this. say we're were the masterpiece of God. We are designed by God to do great things by God for God. And after we realize we're God's masterpiece online here in the room, we can then open the door of God's wonder and possibilities coming into our mind again. You see, just as we saw in the Garden of Eden, the, the serpent. He crushed Adam and Eve's wonder by introducing, listen, you think conspiracy theories are, are things of the 21st century? No. He introduced a conspiracy theory to Adam and Eve. Did God really say that? God's holding back from you. Did you know that, Adam and Eve? He's trying to keep something from you. You see, he was the first liar to, to prevent these, put this new story into Adam and Eve's mind. Adam and Eve began to listen to the lie. They began to believe it and they tested it out. Of course, we see what's happened to us. You see, unfortunately, the enemy of our souls still does all that he can to destroy the wonder in our lives. Even today, online, wherever you're at, he's trying to destroy your wonder. And I'm saying we must recover our wonder. Come on, say amen if, if, if you I need to recover my wonder. You see, Harrison III, he is, he is a, a world-known um, illusionist. And he, he recounts, uh, in fact, I've been reading his book, The Wonder Switch. And he recounts, he recounts in his life where he, as a nine year old, he was obsessed with baseball, not that he was good with baseball, but he just he found this old baseball mitt in, in, in the barn and he began to love it. He wanted to play. So he kept asking his mom and dad every time they'd go to the store and they would go to Walmart. he'd say he'd show them the glove. You know, this is what I want for Christmas. So he kept, you know, as kids, we you know, we would we, you know, we'd leave the mat back back in the day when I was a kid. I, young people, we didn't have Amazon. We didn't have social media. We, we, I had to, like, bring out magazines, like the JCPenney magazine, the Sears magazine. I'd have to bring, and I'd, I'd tear it out, and I'd put it on the table, and I'd, and I'd say, man, this would be nice Christmas, you know, that would be... So, I mean, now we just send texts and emails, and we, we'd send a tab to our family. But so here he is, nine years old, Harrison III. He's obsessed with baseball, he's constantly reminding me, I would love a baseball man. You know, they were poor, you know, they, they were struggling at times. And so that morning, Christmas morning, he he spotted a gift and and he goes into his house and he opens, rips open all the gifts and he does not get a, a baseball mitt for Christmas that Christmas. So he says, we know there's still chance. We're going to the grandparents' home. So they, they drove from Tennessee to St. Louis, Missouri. And, and uh, he gets to his grandparents' house. And he's so, you know, he's so giddy with excitement. He can't sleep all night. And so the next morning they get up. He runs downstairs to the Christmas tree. And they're opening gifts, And he sees a gift that looks about the size of a baseball mitt box that he's been eyeing and telling his family about. He rips open the, the gift. Imagine this. And to his dismay... It's not a baseball mitt. It's a box of magic tricks. So he's, he's his heart's broken. He's he's like, oh. so they're spending some time there his grandparents. And he begins to go through it. he begins to work and he begins to practice these little, you know, what I'm talking about those little things that are just sleight of hand tricks. And so really what he says, he says this box of magic was exactly what he needed to awaken the wonder of God in his life. You see, sometimes God has to get our eyes off another story and put our eyes on him to reawaken our wonder. And you see this, this box of magic, just not magic because we don't practice magic, but it was just sleight of hand tricks. And again, after, like I said, after a few days of practicing these tricks and he, he, his mom and dad are sitting in a room and he goes and sarcastically goes there and rolls his eyes. You know, nine year olds roll their eyes. right? I mean, some of you still act like you're nine nine-year-olds and roll your eyes, right? And you're 55 or you're 25 or you're 65, whatever. And so I love you. I'm just giving you a hard time. okay? And so he rolls his eyes and mom and dad gather around. uh, I want to show you something. And so he takes one of those little trick things and he takes a cup and he puts a ball in there and he makes the he he makes the ball disappear. And he shows his mom and dad and his mom and dad are just like speechless at first. He goes, see, what a stupid gift. He's saying this to himself. What a waste of time. And his mom and dad, they're in such awe. They're just like their jaws drop, their eyes widen up and they're like, this is what they say. Whoa, how did you do that? That was amazing. And immediately in Harrison, the third the wonder switch was turned on and he was like, wow, I amazed my mom and dad. This is awesome. And so the possibility of him saying, I can entertain lots of people. And so now, for the first time, someone viewed him with awe and wonder. And immediately sleight of hand tricks was cool and the wonder switch was turned on. And you see, when wonder is reawakened us, let it be when wonder is reawakened in us, we can see opportunity everywhere. I know COVID has been beating us down. I know politics have beaten I know this and that's beating us down. And we're like, there, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, there's I can't believe it. And, you know, Pastor, you don't got you don't understand what I'm going through. And I'm like, you know, what? maybe I don't. But but I want you to turn on your wonder switch again. I want you to fall in love with Jesus again or fall in love with him for the first time. I want you to know that he is still the God of all wonder. And he can awaken one. And once you and I stop listening to the negative stories, the negative narratives that we put in our mind or the world keeps seeing us, that we can say, you know what? There still is a God of all wonder. And think about this. John, the Baptist's disciples, they see Jesus doing this and they go back and tell him, he's like, is this really God? Go back. And and, and so we do this. We've forgotten the God of wonder. Would you reawaken that? Because when we reawaken our wonder, we can see opportunities. You see, here's the next thing. So then Harrison III begins to do these, these tricks, and he's doing it everywhere, churches, high schools, community centers. And he, he becomes so good, at it, he begins to go to the ro- on the road. He drops out of high school, and by the age of 21, he's performing magic and illusions all over the world, and he becomes a millionaire. And he went from just hoping that he would get a baseball mitt to now having a dream of keeping people in awe of these sleight of hand tricks. So wonder came on. His wonder switched on. He's still curious today. Of course, he had it crushed. He overcame some, some difficulty times. But his awakened wonder helped him to see opportunity everywhere. I'm wondering if we've been listening to so many negative stories that we don't see opportunities. Would you allow the God of wonder to reawaken that? You see, even in our pandemic, even in unsure political times or even with an economy that's still shaky, God is still the God of all wonder. You've got to think back in the early church. You think of them. They had a, a corrupt government, two corrupt governments. They had a corrupt religious system and, and they didn't have health care. They didn't have the Internet. They had Jesus and the early church grew because they had their wonder switch turned on. As I already said, Harrison, III had some horrific events and setbacks, but he moved beyond them and he rediscovered his wonder. What about you this morning online here in the room? Are you ready to flip that switch and get your wonder back? Get back in the awe of the God of all wonder. Are you ready to see the possibilities that are there? I, I'm like you. I struggle, too, and I make my I got this. I got that. How am I going to get through this? And I just need God to remind me I'm the God of all wonder, Stan. I can do all things. Look what the early church did under heavy oppression. Without the technology, the church grew leaps and bounds because they went out in the power of the Holy Spirit. The second thing, the second thing I want you to take notes, if you're taking notes, messages that lead to conformity and loss of wonder. Messages that lead to conformity and loss of wonder. Second, Timothy, Paul's warning the church is warning us still today. For uh, second, Timothy four three and four, I hope you're still with us, joining us for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine instead to suit their own desires. They will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. We're seeing this more and more today. You see, we're being played letter letter A. We're being played. I don't care your political background. I don't care what you believe in. We're being played. And as I, as I mentioned that Harrison III was a millionaire by 21. He married the woman of his dreams. They buy this big home. They fill every room with all the things that they're supposed to. They buy fancy cars. They start hanging out with the right people. They start going to the right places. And just 12 months later, he realizes that he was cleverly tricked and deceived. And he said it was his fault. He wasn't blaming anyone else. And he was now bankrupt in 12 months. A multimillionaire by 21 and now all gone. Because they bought into this lie that if you are, if you have this money, much money and you're going to be important, you've got to do these things. They bought into the story. They were listening to a different story. Now he's bankrupt. He's stressed out. His marriage is struggling. He's overworking, trying to fix the problems he got into. He listened to the wrong story. You see, the average American, I mentioned this last week, the average American, we take in five, listen, five to ten thousand different messages a day. Five to 10,000 different messages a day. This is more information than 100 years ago that people took in. And what are all these stories telling us? They're telling us these different things. They're, 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 con- they're confusing us. They're making us think crazy thoughts. They're, they're driving this world mad. Come on, you have to agree with that. And what are they doing to our wonder? What are they doing to our faith? What are they doing to our sanity? You see, one of, one of the many messages, but one of the primary messages that you're hearing is, I'm not enough. You and I, I mean, I, I'm going to honest with you, this this year has been tough on me. I'm thinking, what am I doing with my life? Who, where am I making a difference? How am I even helping my family? Am I, am I helping my church? I'm just being honest with you. These messages have been bombarding me because of this craziness we're in. And you see, we keep getting this message poured into us. Am I enough? Am I enough? And we're being told by By everyone else, if you drive this car or you live in this certain place or if you dress like that or you vote for this person or if you had this many social media followers or if you if you did this, you would be accepted. But the reality is that doesn't solve the problem inside. Am I the person that God made me? Am I created in in his image or am I trying to please other people? You see, we're stressed out, stresses up, hate and division grows, depression and anxiety is on an all time high. And sadly, even people are walking away from Jesus because of these false narratives. My question is, are you tired of being played? Don't you want to rediscover your wonder of God? You see, God loves you. God loves every person. And we are created in His image and He wants us to know Him. And so we need to stop listening to all these other messages and check them at the door of God's word. And his love for us. Letter B. See, we, we tell ourselves story to survive. I'm going to get in and it's fine. You need to encourage yourself. We, but we continue to tell ourselves stories to survive. All oh, as humans, we have this super computer called the brain, which is better than any computer mankind could ever make. And we can either use this, this computer, the supercomputer, the brain, to keep telling us good stories about who God made us to be, or we can tell us that, you know, or we can lie to us that I'm better than everyone else, I'm better, or we can say I'm, I'm, I'm nobody, or, you know, I'm struggling. And we all struggle. Come on, we all know that. But what happens is, humans, we have this tendency to keep thinking, here's the perfect me. One day I'm going to be this person. I'm going to be what the world wants me to be. I'm going to act like that. I'm going to be accepted by everyone. And let me just tell you the truth you will never be accepted by everyone. It's just impossible. You're gonna disappoint somebody, you're even yourself. But it's okay because God still loves you and wants the best for you. Come on, amen. You see, either we're we're not there, we're not at that perfect, or we're we keep telling ourselves how bad we are, we keep believing the message. And so then we begin to tell ourselves stories to survive. Well, I'm just gonna, just gonna drink a little bit more just to get by. I'm gonna, just gonna stay online just a little more to get by. I'm gonna just keep doing this stuff just to get by. I'm just trying to survive. I'm trying to survive. And there are those days, but don't use something to stimulate that survival. Go to God. You see, we keep telling ourselves these stories to survive. And we create this internal narrative to either protect us from hurt or to make other people the bad people or to say it's their fault. While all the while we're just wondering, where is the God of wonder? Don't believe those false messages. The third thing on this is, then we settle. What we can do is we can settle for counterfeit versions of life. We can settle for counterfeit versions of life. If you, if you see this, these thousands of messages that come into our mind, if, we, if we're not careful They'll begin to taint us. They'll begin to help us to see reality in a different way, true or false. You see, our our image-driven world wants us to buy into these messages. Listen to this. You see, advertisers don't just sell products, they sell a story. And that causes us to imagine a great or fulfilling life, if I buy that car, if I go to that bar, if I, if I do this, if I, I'll look like that, if I take that, if I put that makeup on, if I do my hair this way, if I, if I do that, I'll live that life. And that's all of charade. It's all just a story. But we're buying into this image because we're driven by story. I'll talk more about that. You see, marketing guru Seth Godin says people don't buy goods and services. Listen to this. They buy relations, stories, and images. It's not that we're dense. I mean, all of you are you're good looking. You're, you're smart online. I can't see, but I, I just know. Okay? But we want to buy into this new reality. We, we want to buy into this image. Well, I, I'm a good person. I, I, I mean, everyone likes me, right? I hope everyone likes me. I want to be liked. And so what happens is we settle for this counterfeit version of life. We're trying to be like someone else. We're, we're on our phones. And I know I tell you, I don't bring my phone in the room, but we're, we're constantly hoping that someone likes our post, hoping, you know, or hoping that, man, they look happy. And, and we forget that they took that picture 15 times to get that perfect picture of their family. They cooked that, that vegetarian meal, that roast 15 times to get it perfect. And we're so obsessed with trying to be like, and so then we settle with, if I just would have that many followers, if I could cook like that, if I could look like that, if my husband would just act like that, if my kids would be like, and women, I'm not going to deal with you because you're awesome, by the way. Okay. And so we fall for this counterfeit version of life. Instead of pursuing the God of all wonder, who says, you are enough. I gave my life for you. You don't have to prove anything. Just follow me and I will give you life. Or we become a pawn of media or the social structures of this world. Number three, you see, we're storytelling creatures. Are you still with me? Say amen if you're in the room. Still with me. Come on, amen? Online, put it in there, amen. In the chat. You see, we number three, storytelling creatures, we we are humans are hardwired for story. I tell you this all the time. Humans are hardwired. We're hardwired for story again. And and here's my point. Here's the thing. We've all done this. Your friend, your coworker, your child, your spouse, a loved one. They get in the car. They're going to drive X amount of hours. or They get on an airplane and they say, I'm going to be in a certain location by this time. And they don't call you. They don't text you. There's no message. And all of a sudden, what happens? You, because you're wired for story, you complete the story. They got taken hostage. The plane crashed. Their car ran off, the road. And then, so then, so then when they finally contact you, like, what happened? Why didn't you text me? Oh, uh, cell service was out or something like that. I'm fine. Everything was fine. You see, but we create a story. We finish a story. We like story. How do I know that? Because you subscribe to Netflix, Hulu, Voodoo. Not voodoo, but V U D U. You know, Peacock, you know, I mean, Amazon Prime, I mean, all these things that are buying. We sit there for hours. We want to be entertained from stories. I mean, back then when you used to go to movie theaters, we would go and sit there because the story would take us away and give us a hope. You see, psychology writer Jonathan Gottschall says in the book, Storytelling Animals, we don't just tell stories, we storify everything around us. We are neurologically hardwired for story. And what I mean by this is, how often do we, we come home from work, we come home from school, or we had an event, and we go to our family and friends, and they ask you, How was, how was your day? And some of you are like, It's fine. But some of you say, I can't believe it. And we begin to storyify. I was driving down the road, I was minding my own business, and this blah, blah. And we start describing it in color, and, and so we storyify everything. Do you see what I'm saying? How was your boss? Oh, let me tell you that boss, he is the, the most. Blessed person in the world or he's the worst. Per- and so we start and we build the story and we're right. We got into the story. Well, what happened? So what happened? What happened? Oh, nothing. You see, Jesus understands that we get captivated by wonder through story. It's an age old, age old truth, but he never did it to manipulate us. He used story and real life examples and parables to relay God's love and his message for all humanity. You see, marketing gurus and politicians, they use story as well. And they manipulate us. And and I'm telling you, you've got to be careful. And besides your Bible, besides praying, besides being in fellowship, besides coming to worship, thank you for joining us here online. But I'm telling you, you've got to continue. You've got to feed more godly stuff into your mind and body and stories than you do the stories, the negative stories of the world. You've got to. You've got to. In fact, it's ruining your thinking if you're not putting good stuff in. In fact, I I talk about this book often and I'm asking you again, besides your Bible, besides praying, besides coming to worship, besides worshiping, besides listening to worship music on on your mobile device or home or whatever. I'm challenging you. You need to read this book. It's called Switch on Your Brain. Switch on Your Brain by Dr. Carolyn Lee. She is a, a world known neuroscientist. And she talks about we can retrain our brain. We can start thinking godly thoughts, which will actually retrain us to get our focus back on God and the wonder and to realize that you and I were made in God's image. It's not super hard. Sure, there's some scientific things and technical things, but you because you're smart and you're good looking and you'll believe it. I mean, because it's true. It's not fake. And so this is real stuff. So I'm challenging you as a Christian that you should read that book. You can do it. Okay, I get no money. I get nothing. But I'm challenging you. Read it. Stay in the Word. Worship God. Listen to worship music. When when the messages of the world start getting negative or they start making you wonder who God is, turn them off and get back to God. You see, letter B is we we take all stories here and we make them a, a narrative for ourselves. We're all we're told stories by our family, our friends, our co-workers, our loved ones, teachers, the government, politicians, media, and we keep hearing these stories of who we are, what we're supposed to be like. And each of us, if we, if we are not careful, if we keep taking these messages and you're not good enough, you're not good enough, or you're not the right color, you're not the right voting price, you, you know, and if, if we're not careful, if we listen to these messages, they'll begin, we'll begin to take that narrative and create it and say, well, I guess I'm not that. I guess I'm this. And if it makes you question who God made you to be, then it's not from God. And it's not bad because I remember... Growing up as a kid, and I would be laying in bed, and my mom and dad would uh, would either be talking before I I would go to bed, or they would be talking before I get. Up and I could hear them saying, "These boys are of ours. They're good boys. Don't call me a boy anymore." No, I'm just kidding. But I mean, they would say, you know, and and there was a word my mom would have she had a different name. Stan is my name, and you'll call me Stan or Stanley. That's fine, or you, whatever. But she had a special. I'm not going to tell you because then you'll say it. But she would say, "Stan." And she'd call me, her, her pet name to me, he, and, and, and I would just hear my mom and dad say good things about us. And it would build me up. But they weren't always positive. Sometimes it does, you know, you know they would help us out. And you see, I, I, I think sometimes we, you know, we, we've got to be careful because if we keep hearing messages that aren't true or, or they're super hyperinflated, I'm getting, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. They're not always bad, but we have to say, do these messages line up with God's nature, his love for my life? His ways. And so that's what I'm asking. Check these messages out. Make sure if they're not from God, then don't believe it. Don't listen to it. If they're not true, don't listen to it. But the problem is, if we're not careful, these stories, these, these narratives of the world, they'll become ours. We'll adopt them. And again, like I said, we'll live that counterfeit life. And now these stories become our survival to us. I'm just going to get by. So my question I have to I move on. Is your narrative... That you're being told that you've created crushing your wonder of God or is it fostering your wonder for God? Is it crushing it or is it building it? You see, John the Baptist fell into the wrong narrative. He began to question who Jesus was. Adam and Eve listened to the wrong narrative and they, they messed up. So number four, putting on a show, putting on a show. Letter A, if others accept me, maybe I could accept myself. You see, I'm just going to tell you this. We struggle with that. I'm here to tell you God accepts you as who you are. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be religious. You don't have to be able to quote the Bible. You just got to come to say, God, I need you. Forgive me my sins. Wash me. Make me whole. I want your way. That's all. And he says, I love you. I gave my life so that you could have life. And I'm all for building people up and work and I work hard with my kids, with my daughters to give them a healthy, God given self esteem of of who they are. But I think, as I mentioned earlier, I think sometimes we go overboard and we praise our kids, we praise our coworkers so much that now we've created a culture of performing for the praise of others. That we're always doing stuff, saying the boss didn't say thank you, the pastor didn't say good job, my my spouse didn't say this, My, my kids didn't say this, the government didn't say this, social media didn't say this. And so now we fall into this false narrative that if others accept me, then I'm a good person. God still accepts you and you are a good person. So now we want to be popular. We want to be accepted by everyone. So we, we go to the social media. Man, who is, who's following me? Who liked what I said? And so scientists, scientists studied, have, have made studies showing that dopamine floods our brains when we see likes on our social media post. That's why some of you keep, some of you, you're tempted right now. You're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I can't help it. Because it, it builds you up and it gives you this false sense of, And in fact, they say it's like it's like it can be as addictive as cocaine. If you're not careful, why are we performing? Who are we performing? Why are we trying to compare our lives with other people's lives? Let's just live the race for us. In fact, Hebrews 1 and two says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance. The race marked out for us. Every one of you will have your own race. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith for the joy set before him. He endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You see, there are believers who have gone to heaven and they're sitting in heaven and they're cheering us on. Keep running. Keep running. No, that's not your race. This is your race. Stay in your lane. You run your race. God has a race for each of us. And so letter B, I'm asking, what narrative are you listening to? What narrative are you listening to? Maybe what you're seeing and believing is not real. Maybe you've bought into the lies of the world. You see, scientists, again, have proven studies that we will make and we can make our perceptions seem real. Your hypochondria is right. Hypochondria, you can say, man, I, I've, and a person can will themselves into illness. They can think I'm sick. And, and, and I mean, many are struggling out with COVID. are like, do I have it or not? Do I have it or not? You know, and so, you know, we're, you know if we you if you sneeze or cough, you're running, oh my goodness, do I have it? Do I have it? Or if I have a fever and all that stuff. And so, we can will ourselves by telling ourselves a false narrative. You want proof? Why are there so many conspiracy theories that we buy into? Again, you can go on social media, and now there are a a plethora, a multitude of social media conspiracies. And if we're not careful, if we keep just feeding ourselves, the Bible pretty much says, What you eat, you become. And if you keep feeding on whatever these messages are, you'll start acting like that. You'll start believing that Adam and Eve fell for the false narrative, that conspiracy theory. So did John the Baptist. And history is replete with many, many, many examples. You you look at the communist takeover of Russia. You look at the fascist takeover of of Germany. You you look at the terrible stuff in Cuba and, uh, and and in Venezuela. They kept listening to a false narrative over and over and over again. And look at the messes that they created. You see, the children of Israel ended up wandering in the desert for another 40 years because they believed a false report. The false report seemed real to them. They sent the spies out. You know the account. You need to look it up in the Bible. Two of, the, two of the, 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 the recon people, spies, said, we can take the land. The rest of them said, we can't, we can't, we can't. And they spread a false report. Will you believe God's message for your life? Will you rediscover this God of wonder online with us here in the room? Stop listening to the false reports. Turn on, And I, I know, I'm still in, in, in I'm just... I'm shocked that the people keep posting that Jesus is coming on a certain day and it's already passed. If you're one of those believers believing that stop, please. Jesus said, no one knows the day or the hour. Well, Pastor Stan, didn't you see what happened in our capital? It did say because it wasn't right. And I don't, I'm not saying there won't be some other problem going on. But what I am saying is God is our solid rock. And yes, we're being prepared for the end times and I can go off on that and I'm going to pick back up on later when I'm done with this series back into the, the letter to the seven churches. But stop buying into conspiracy theories and if it goes against the Bible, it's not true. That was free, by the way. So number five, seeing is believing. Worship can get ready in a moment. Get ready in a moment to come up. Seeing is believing. And we say that I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe it when I see it. And unfortunately, this isn't always true. In fact, Harrison 3rd I'm just going to read this to you out of his book because he does these illusions. He's a, he does these tricks and, and he makes people believe it. And here's what he says. He says, he says this in his book. He talks about, he says, none of these things are physically possible. I, I can't make any, any, anything levitate or read minds. Humans uh, aren't psychic and we have no supernatural powers. The tricks I perform on stage may look like magic, but they're, they're just clever illusions. Why then do we call it magic? Because it looks like magic when performed flawlessly, doesn't it? And that's the story that gets told as people exit the theater. Even if they don't believe in it, it's literally true. They'll say, someone asked them, how was the show? And, and they'll reply, it was amazing. I went up on stage. Listen, I inspected everything. There were no strings, no, no wires, no magnets. And when the table levitated right in front of my eyes, that was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Sure, they saw it with their eyes, but it wasn't real. And you see, we're, we, we keep saying, man, prove it, prove it. I'll believe it when I see it. But sometimes seeing things doesn't always prove it. Seeing isn't always believing. I know that I'm going to flip this on you, but listen to this. Believing helps us to see. So believing is seen. You see, Jesus credited faith to the believers that would come after the disciples. He said, they'll believe in me and they'll never see me, but they'll believe in me. And You see, the God of all wonder, he's making himself real to you every day, he's speaking to you right now in this room and online. He is real. And yes, he will sometimes make himself real to people physically or in a dream. God is real. He doesn't have to prove. He doesn't do magic tricks. He doesn't have to do supernatural. But he does supernatural. He is the God of the supernatural. His creation cries out every day, as I mentioned last week, that he is alive and he he is doing wonderful things. You see, we live in a world where things are not always what they seem we must believe in a God who is always what He says He is. He doesn't lie. He doesn't pull the wool on, you know, over our eyes. He doesn't pull the carpet from us. When He says it, He is faithful to it. God will and is fulfilling His promises. And maybe you need to come back to Him. Or maybe you need to come to Him for the first time. The last two questions I have for us is, Who or what... Are you believing in who or what are you believing in? You listen to this second Peter three, three through five. Most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come mocking the truth and following their own desires. They will say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again from before the times of our ancestors? Everything has remained the same since the world was first created. Verse 5 They deliberately forgot that God made the heavens by the word of his command, and he brought the earth from from the water and surrounded it with water. They're still questioning us. They're laughing at us today. You Christians, you're brainless. You believe in this fake God. God is not fake, he is real. And so, my question is who is defining your life? What plan are you following? You see, the world and its pleasures, its lies, will all fade away. God's kingdom will last forever. Are the messages you're listening to today, today, are they leading you to Jesus? Or are they leading you away from Jesus? You see, in my 30 plus years of ministry, I have seen people walk away from Jesus because they began to uh, hear other stories. And even just recently, I've seen people that, I, that are dear to me, and they're like, they're walking away from God. I'm like, don't do that. Stop listening to that narrative. It's false. It's a lie. It will not make you happy. 1 John 2:15 and 17 says this. Do not love the world or anything in this world. That includes the things of this world and the ways of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires will pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. That's the narrative you must listen. This is not a story. It's not a tale. It's the truth. You see, here's my last question for us. And would you stand in the room here, maybe online, wherever you can stand if you want. You can still sit where you're at. Is Jesus the one for you? Is he still the God of all wonder? You see, Jesus proved his life by his actions that he, he was the, res, the, the resurrected Savior. I'm going to read back to Luke chapter 20, 17, verse 22. I'm going to go back. So he, the disciples of John go to him asking, are you the one? Here's what he says. So he replied to the messengers, go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight. The lame walk; those who have leprosy are cleansed; the deaf hear; the dead are raised; the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed, blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Pastor, saying, "Where does that happen?" It is still happening. Why is it happening in this church? Because we're listening to another more, uh, narrative. We need to get back to this. God raises the dead. This God heals people. I'm just praying recently. We've seen some miracles in our own lives. And, I have, and God reminds me of these miracles that he's done in, in my past. It's time for us to get back to say This is the God of all wonder. Thank God for science. Thank God for medicine. Thank God for technology. But I trust in the God of all knowledge. Of all worth. And I'm here to tell you, yes, you and I have struggled in 2021. And it looks like or 2020. And it looks like 2021 is going to be another year. Oh, boy. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus is still the one. Jesus is still the God of wonder. How do we make it through 20? Because Jesus is on the throne. How are we going to make it through 2021? Because Jesus is still on the throne. His promises are true. You can always trust in him. Will you rediscover your wonder in God? Or will you discover the God of wonder? You see, Jesus is making himself known to you in this room or online. You've never accepted Jesus Christ. Well, who is this Jesus? And he's speaking to your heart. You know what? He's drawing. You say, come to me. I will give you rest for your weariness. I will give you peace because, see, Jesus will give you peace. Remember I talked to Harrison III. He became a multimillionaire by his 21. He lost it all in a year. That didn't make him happy. What made him happy then was his relationship in Jesus Christ. Whether he had much or not. So I'm here to tell you, friends, the success of the world comes and goes. Governments come and go. Politicians come and go. Pastors come and go. Churches come and go. But God... He is always faithful. And Jesus never comes and goes. Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And you can trust in him. Will you rediscover or will you discover the wonder of God? And it's through Jesus. Believe in him. Reawaken your wonder or awaken your wonder through Jesus Christ. You see, the stories we listen to, listen, the stories we listen to can determine the outcome of our life. I'm not saying your life will be perfect. I'm not saying your life will never have issues. But I'm saying when you believe in the God of wonder, it will still be worth it all. Because this world is temporary. This, this life on earth is temporary. We will be with God in eternity. But there will be victories. There will be fun times. There will be seasons of joy again. There will be seasons of fruitfulness. We're going to get out of this COVID pandemic. We're going to get out of this political mess. God is still on the throne today. What narrative, what story are you listening to? I hope it's the story of Jesus. Father, I'm praying for my friends in this room that you would help us to, to re- reawaken the wonder of God in our lives. That maybe us online, God, that you would help us to reawaken our wonder of who you are, God. And maybe in this room or maybe online, we have never actually accepted the love of Jesus Christ. We have never accepted Him as our Savior. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. And no man comes to the Father. No, no man will live eternally without Jesus Christ. And so maybe, friend, in this room with your eyes closed, your heads bowed online, you can still be watching, whatever. But maybe you need to make the decision. Would you? So, you know what? I'm going to cross by this line of faith today. I'm going to accept Jesus Christ today. It's real simple. The Bible just says if you believe and you confess, believe in your mouth, confess, I need you, That you are now a child of God. It's just that simple. And He'll begin to teach you. He'll begin to show you. We'll help you. We'll show you. So Lord, for my friends that have maybe accepted Christ in this room, or they've done that online, help them now as they step across this line of faith and they give you control of everything. That you'll have the best life for them. They'll still have issues, but you'll walk them through those issues. Thank you for that, God. We confess it you, Lord. And Lord, now for my friends that are in this room, and maybe we, we are believers, maybe we call ourselves believers, but we've lost our wonder in you, God. Maybe we've been disappointed in what we've seen in the world in the last few weeks, the last few days, but God, we want our, our, our wonder reawakened today because you're sure, God, your kingdom will come. Your will be done. Your kingdom cannot be shaken. It can't be overthrown. It can't be voted out. You are still God. And we trust in you, God. And we know there's no perfect nation. There's no perfect world. There's no perfect person. There's only a perfect God. And you sent your son to die in our place so that we could have a perfect relationship. So, Lord, would you reawaken the one in our lives today?